So what is the 10% rule when it comes to people management and how should you be implementing it in your business or should you not be implementing it at all? That's what we're covering this week on episode 22 of the Why How Yes Sales Podcast. The Why, How, Yes sales podcast is sponsored in part by Jared James Coaching for Real Estate Agents. If you're a real estate agent listening to this podcast, you probably understand how to sell. You know when you are across a dining room table from a potential customer, that listing is probably going to come your way. The issue is how do you structure your business in order to get to that time, that dining room table more often. As a former top agent himself, Jared James has the tools to help you create the business that you want to own. They will help you put the systems in place where you can spend more time doing what really matters, which is creating sales. Go to jaredjamestoday.com and set up a time to have a consultation. And from there, they will be able to guide you towards running a business rather than just running around. Hey, salespeople, welcome to the Why, How, Yes Sales Podcast, where I help you get to the yes the right way. My name is Red Staffstrom, and I'm here to help you fix your broken sales skills. Now, in the 80s and 90s, uh, there was this giant boom in terms of management and um, being shareholder first and taking your companies to the next level. And in that time period, there was a whole bunch of new tactics uh, regarding the best ways in order to get the most out of your business. And how do you take things up that extra notch? And where do you want to bring things from there? And one of the pioneers during this time was a man by the name of Jack Welch. Jack Welch was the CEO of General Electric in its glory days, which is the late 80s, early 90s, when it was the most expensive company based on market cap. Um, he was one of the biggest names. He was a rock star CEO. In terms of the world of business, he was one of the most famous people out there. The way he got there, though, was a little unorthodox compared to the way most people did. He kind of became that ruthless CEO that people that you kind of associate with the 1980s, that the numbers are the numbers and nothing will change, that pure reading by KPIs and reading metrics. And that's what Welch was known for to the point where he was nicknamed Neutron Jack Welch because he came into a business like a neutron bomb. One of the principles that he really espoused during this time and wrote a number of books about and talked about in his books was what he called his 10% rule. Now, this was a very effective short-term management tool. I'm not going to say it anything, any other way. It is a great short-term management tool. If you are a venture capitalist and you are looking to flip a company, the 10% rule is a great, a great way to do it. But I believe, and I wholeheartedly believe this is the case, that part of the problem that GE is having today stems from the way that Jack has squandered the trust of his employees. So what I'm going to do today on this episode, I'm going to walk through what the 10% rule is, explain it to you, 
And then I'm going to show you why you probably don't want to be using it in your business and the few times that it is really good to use in your business. So I created, and if you're watching the YouTube video of this, um, I created this little sheet. So I looked at it as a school because GPA is a very easy number to understand, to identify. We've all been in school before and we understand the process. A 4.0 is an A, a zero is an F, and it just goes uh, an A is a four, B is a three, uh, D, uh, C is a two, D is a one. And once you add up all the grades, you create the average, divide it by the number of classes or the number of credits, uh, and then you can figure out what the overall GPA is. So let's take the 10% rule and put it in to a school environment where you're able to fire your students the way uh, a business owner is able to fire his lowest performing salespeople. So let's say you have 100 students and the average school GPA is 2.2. And you can put these numbers into a GPA calculator if you want. Um, so you have 15 A students, 24 B students, 36 C students, 16 D students, and 9 F, 9 failing students. Now when you calculate that out, um, you wind up uh, with a average, a GPA average per student of 2.2. So low C average. The idea of what Jack Welch and the 10% rule expounds is getting rid of the bottom 10% of that business. So um, what you would do is to get rid of the bottom 10%, you would fire the 9F students and the 1D student. So you take that pool of 100 and you'd reduce it to 90, where now it's 15As, 24Bs, 36Cs, 15Ds as opposed to 16, and 0Fs. But now you still need, and because of your demands and what you need to do, you still need to have 100. So you go out to the workforce and the labor pool and you hire 10 new people. You hire 10 new students. So let's say that you have a below your average marketing. Um, and of those 10 new hires, one is an A, two are Bs, uh, three are Cs, three are Ds, one is F. You average that out, it's a 1.9 GPA. When you put that into place and you put those 10 new workers in and replace those 9F and one lowest D student, you now have an overall GPA for your total 100 of 2.38 as opposed to 2.2. You've raised your GPA by almost 10% simply by firing the lowest 10% and hiring new people. So you can understand the appeal. When you are a CEO and you are working for the quarter as opposed to building a business long term, this is a phenomenal idea when you just need to turn the business around. However, as a long-term strategy in the infinite game, as Simon Sinek uh, phrases it, in the infinite game, this strategy doesn't work. And the reason is because of a, there's a number of um, reasons that it doesn't work long term. The first is there's a limited labor pool out there. Um, you cannot just simply keep finding more and more A students. There are only so many out there. Eventually, your business is going to be your business. 
Likewise, if you're constantly churning people and you're constantly firing 10% of your workers, no one is going to want to work for you. Um, I've been offered a job at GE. Well, not offered, I've been offered an interview at GE. And I didn't even want to go in because I see that on a regular basis, they are firing 10,000 workers. They're laying off 12,000 workers. They're, they're closing this plant. They're closing that plant. And it's not that GE isn't profitable. They're immensely profitable. They're still one of the top companies in the world. But for me, even though I have a lot of talent, I have a lot that I could bring to the table, I don't want to move to a business where look to the left, look to the right, and one of us isn't going to be here in a little while. That is not how you build a team. Now, obviously, in sales, I talk a lot about emotions because emotions are the way that we make people make decisions. That you, Nobody makes a rational decision. They make an emotional decision and back it up with rational thought. So, even if GE paid me more than ABC Corp, I would have... GE would still be a little bit trepidatious to me. And the reason is because they see people like myself, like my coworkers, as disposable assets. And having that constant feeling of anxiety, am I going to keep my job, am I going to lose my job, are my numbers good enough this month? While, yes, you could create a certain level of results that way, I wholeheartedly believe you cannot only coach and you cannot only lead with the stick. You have to lead with the carrot. And if your tool for management is not is simply we get rid of the bottom performers, that's not a long-term strategy. You need to motivate people. You need to be a leader, not just a manager. Can the 10% rule work? I showed you an example four minutes ago, five minutes ago. Without any question, that worked. But once you start churning and doing that on a regular basis, you start eroding trust. Now, why would any students want to come in, uh, to my school when, hey, they had a bad semester and now they have to leave? That's, people are always going to be risk adverse. I've talked about that many times. I've talked about the ice cream cone um, sample flavor spoon. People will rather hold up a line and test three or four different flavors with these quarter teaspoon plastic disposable junk things as opposed to just spend three bucks and take a risk. The other problem that you have with the 10% rule is it winds up being a big case of last in, first out. What I mean by that is the people you hired the most recently are usually the ones that are the first out the door. I understand why this is, it makes sense, um, but if you're bringing new hires on, it may take them a little while. It may take them six to 12 months to ramp up to the production KPIs that you're expecting them to. Um, if I didn't say what KPIs are and you're confused, KPIs are key performance indicators. Um, they're usually measured, like quantifiable measurements, um, deals closed, outbound calls, outbound emails. It's something that the company can track that's usually a lead measure towards revenue somewhere. Um, that's what a KPI is. 
But if I'm firing the people who, you know what, they didn't hit their call numbers because they were out with the flu for two weeks, that's a different issue. Like, if I'm out because my mother, where, like, I was out for the week, obviously, when I lost my mother. I was doing a lot of family things. I was helping my father with a lot of different things in the background. If I was worried about losing my job for something like that, I would not be working at that company anymore. I have enough self, self-worth. I have enough, like, I know what I bring to the table. But if I get fired for something beyond my control, like a death in the family, like an illness, like a family member's illness, that's not really a company I'm excited to work for anymore. And now, yes, I'm going to hit my KPIs, but I'm going to not, I'm not striving to be the best anymore. I'm striving to be top third, maybe. I'm striving to be halfway through the pack. I'm striving to be in the 80th percentile where I don't let the t- bottom 10% is falling, but I'm 10% above them, so I'm fine. You know, if I'm person student number 80 in terms of GPA, I'm no longer worried and I'm doing the bare minimum. You don't make a successful business by hiring people and coaching people towards their bare minimum. What you need to do is get people excited to put in their all, to put in everything they have. Will it happen all the time? Absolutely not. It's your business, it's not theirs. They're not going to be more willing to work for you um, unless you give them reason to, unless you show them at every step of the way how much you're willing to stand up and fight for them. And the 10% rule undercuts everything about saying, I'm here to support you. That's what a manager is there for. The manager is there to help your frontline troops who are talking to customers every day. And by implementing something like the 10% rule on a regular basis where you're constantly churning the bottom 10%, you're only hurting your frontline. So... um, Salespeople, I hope this helps. I hope it was enlightening for you. If you hear it brought up in conversation again, um, hopefully now you could speak about it intelligently and you can tell why that's not a great strategy when your owner or one of your managers brings it up. It's like, hey, I've been taking part of this Jack Welch course and they've been telling me this. Here's what you need to know. Short term, yes. Long term, you're shooting yourself in the foot and expecting to run a marathon. So, um, hope you guys enjoyed. Once again, this has been episode 22 of the Why How Yes Sales podcast. Please be sure to like, be sure to subscribe. Um, please review it so that uh, I show up a little bit higher. It really helps the podcast out. So, once again, my name is Red Staffstrom. This has been the Why How Yes. Yes Sales Podcast, and I will see you next time where I will continue to help you fix your broken sales skills. The Why How Yes Sales Podcast is also sponsored by the Jarja Media CRM. Only 12% of all real estate leads are reached out to more than three times. This means that almost 90% of all agents are throwing away thousands of dollars worth of lead generation marketing every year simply by not keeping in touch with the prospects that they already paid for. With drip campaigns that are written by one of the nation's top coaching companies, you'll be able to automate keeping potential clients 
clients in front of you for well over a year. The Jarger Media CRM will make sure that you are not leaving any meat on the bone and that the leads you are already paying for are actually turning into customers. Schedule a demo online at jargermedia.com slash CRM.